Welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month, Steve Anderson here, and our guest is the very youthful <laughs> Dr. Andrew Tonelli, <clears throat> who is named uh, one of the 2023 uh, 10 under 10 by the ADA, top 10 dentists under 10 years out of school, and we're going to talk about that. It's a, an amazing honor, and uh, I'll give you a little backstory of why that selection was made and what Andrew's been up to in addition to practicing. So um, during the during 2022, the election season, uh, Andrew served as the primary spokesperson for the American Dental Association and the Massachusetts Dental Society for a ballot initiative uh, for Massachusetts dental care providers uh, for what was called Better Dental Benefits Campaign. And uh, a big initiative, it was a ballot initiative to get the citizens of Massachusetts to vote uh, in favor, and Andrew will explain this, but in favor of uh, establishing a medical loss ratio standard for dental insurers that that they would then be required to pay a certain percentage out of the, the premiums that they received. And the ballot passed. The initiative passed, and it has created a wave across the country uh, of other states that are now considering the same thing or, or working on similar initiatives because of what was started in uh, in Massachusetts. So uh, Andrew got to be the the face of that initiative as far as organized dentistry. He'll tell us that story. Uh, he is a 2014 graduate of Tufts University uh, Dental School of Medicine and uh, also did a general practice residency at New York Presbyterian and is uh, very organized, very um, involved in organized dentistry and uh, maintains his uh, full-time practice, dental health concepts in North Reading, Massachusetts, which we'll talk about that as well. We got a lot to talk about. So Andrew, welcome. And thanks for taking some time to share your, your experience with us today. So uh, why don't you start back and give us uh, give us some context for this whole ballot initiative, how it got started, and how you got how you got into being the face of organized dentistry for that whole initiative? Yeah, so um, thanks for having me. First of all, Steve, oh, it's, thank you. I'm happy to see you uh, kind of spread the word about this stuff. Uh, the more people are aware of what we can do and the power of advocacy, advocacy and um, you know, working together is, uh, is important, but yeah, it, it, it starts actually with like the ACA, the affordable air, uh, care act, because, uh, they implemented for health insurances, a medical loss ratio, which is exactly what you said that they had to, had to, um, set, uh, a certain amount of the premium had to go towards healthcare. Um, not something that applied to dental insurance. And so uh, that idea had kind of been floating out there. And I had been uh, chair of the Government Affairs Committee of the uh, Massachusetts Dental Society for a few years, and we had pushed that bill. Um, and actually, the bill that we had pushed was not even for setting a, a, a level. It was just to have reporting requirements so that we would know what percentage the insurers were actually spending towards care because that, that's a total black box we just we had no concept of how much money was being used effectively uh certainly in compared with the health insurers were who were actually held to a standard and 
it was interesting in the fall when uh, the fall before this all started, I actually got a letter from my health insurance saying that they had not met the standard. And so they were going to credit back some money. So it's, you yeah. know, it's a realistic thing that can, you know, impact people. And um, this ended up becoming a ballot initiative really because of the work of one guy and uh, he rallied a group of dentists and he got this onto the ballot uh, basically himself. His name's Dr. Rizkala. Um, and then when it was clear that it was going to become a question on the ballot, you know, the considerable might of organized dentistry jump behind it because it was obviously uh, beneficial for dentists overall. And since I had some background in uh, trying to push our bill, you know, they asked me to kind of represent and kind of engage with the media when they ask questions about this, because it's not a super simple thing. And it's, uh, it's not easy to explain in a, in a little soundbite. But um, yeah, it, the, the end result was ultimately that it passed overwhelmingly. Um, you know, we were obviously able to communicate to patients why it's important that insurers should pay a minimum amount um, and be held to that standard consistently. And characterize it as a landslide. I mean, what, what percentage of the voters voted in favor of it? I, it was like it was in the 70, like 4% neighborhood or something I, like that. I think but, they, I think you'd say the landslide. Yeah. Unheard of levels. Like yeah. I was talking to somebody in government recently who mentioned that they, they didn't think they had seen one that lopsided almost ever. So, you know, clearly like people want uh, policy that benefits them. Sure. Um, and there is, you know, for dentists, like, we want to make sure that the money that people are spending towards their dental care actually ends up as dental care. Pretty, pretty fundamental. Um, and since the time I've graduated in 2014, which is not a lot of time, well, under 10 years, right? That's why. And understand, brother. <laughs> that's why I was eligible. Um, yeah. I took a few years off between college and, and dental school, though, so I'm not quite as as young as maybe some might think. But it's just the, the trend was obviously heading in the wrong direction. And for me, looking at the cost of education, the cost of providing really good dentistry and the downward pressure being put on, um, you know, reimbursement from the dental insurance, it's like, hey, how is this going to work? Like, how can cost reimbursement be going down while everything else is going up? There have Exactly. Something. Mm -hmm. Money's going somewhere. It's yeah. Well, uh, so lessons learned from in terms of just for everybody's education. <clears throat> you guys took, you know, you took some initiative. You, the collective, you took some initiative. You made, you got some change. You got change to happen. So for you personally, what did you take away from that experience? in terms of just being proactive and taking a step and what can be accomplished when a group of people gets together with a, you know, they get together with a common purpose and, and work together. what do you take away from that? Yeah. I mean, the, you can really accomplish a lot. It was great to watch, you know, the ADA really mobilized in favor of the, of the whole initiative and people from all over the country donated seeing that this could be a moment that sort of started something and moved down the line, not unlike, you know, the Affordable Care Act started in Massachusetts too. So it's not, you know, that's not unprecedented for that kind of policy to move in that direction. Um, and like I said, 
dentists from everywhere recognized that and said, hey, this is something that's going to be, that's important. And so we were able to mobilize a lot of money and support from everywhere in the country, recognizing that this, this was important to us. Um, when people do that, it makes a huge difference, but you have to pair it with like high, high motivation and like planning and action. And that's the thing that all kind of came together in this. Um, and the more we can do that as a, a profession on behalf of uh, our patients and the profession itself, the better, because there's so much change happening in dentistry, just so, so much change. And ultimately you want, you want policy to like make sense so that the end result is that people get better dental care and the system works on behalf of patients, providers, and insurers too. I mean, like you don't want the insurers to go under. It's a system that has worked mm -hmm. to the benefit of dentists incredibly well for um, years and years and years. Um, so there's nobody that needs to be left out. Um, and if you put the effort in, you can you can make policies that improve things because you know insurers are always going to make sure that they get theirs. And I'm not worried about them. They'll, <laughs> they'll be fine. Figured out. Total budget. What was the total outlay to get this passed? I think the ADA, our committee, and I know it, it kind of is complicated. There's a, a little bit of a mouthful of the, uh, you know, dental providers for better dental benefits, all of that stuff. But uh, we, there was, a, I think, $7 million total that ultimately went towards it. So the other piece of this is, this is a very expensive way to set policy. But well, in math if you're doing a ballot initiative, that means you got to go to the voters and you got to educate the voting public. So I'm I'm assuming big media campaign, a lot of advertising, a lot of education. So yeah, there was there was all of it. There was engaging with the media. There was uh, TV advertising. There was radio stuff. I mean, and you know, you, there was more advertising against us. But um, luckily, it was pretty clear. You know, it's when people see the option of, you know, my money should end up as as that's towards dental care should end up as actual yeah. dental care. You know, that's not a big leap. Uh, yeah. But the pretty, the big thing, yeah, fight against that. The uh, you know when we had we talked with the Boston Globe editorial board and talked about how you know we've been putting bills up for years just for a reporting requirement. You know, not even holding the insurers to a standard, and um, they just languished. You know, because of all the reasons that inertia, you know, the fact that the insurers are much more present in those halls than we are. And, um, you know, the, the globe ultimately endorsed the question, um, just saying like, you have to, you know, start making moves in that right direction. And Hey, like this policy is like steps to get here. were we're out there to be made, but, you know, nothing is going to happen unless there's people advocating for it, unless dentists are in the ears of our our uh, reps and senators. And the honestly, the best part of being on a ballot initiative as a dentist is, you know, most everybody has a dentist. Yes, they and do. So if you, if, if they you, don't, they should. Exactly. <laughs> so, and so yeah. we were educating our, you know, members to say, hey, when Talk, patients yeah. are walking through the door, yes on two. Yeah. And Make so sure your dollars um, are going to your dental care. Exactly. So yeah. leveraging that. But, you know, there's also 
it's it's very difficult to communicate the the nuance and the uh, to every every patient, but clearly the, the the message was was heard. Okay, so you're the face of this. You're the spokes. You're the official spokesperson for this whole campaign. So you're talking to newspaper, TV, radio. I mean, you're the you're the PR guy. What did you learn? You had to get schooled up. Yeah, I don't. Um, think, I, I don't think you graduated from the Tufts University School of Communication. Sure, sure. Did. So, what did you learn in that whole process in terms of being a spokesperson for a, you know, major initiative like that? It was. Uh, it was really interesting and fast education. Um, I got some help from the media folks at the ADA. They were great. The whole ADA team was wonderful, honestly. Um, and going through that whole, you know trial by fire. I mean, it was, it was a crazy few months as it's building up to the, um, the actual election day, but they were just great. Um, but engaging with the media is difficult. I mean, I will say, I was talking about this with somebody recently. I think most of the coverage was largely pretty fair. Um, but they're all, they have to hear all the sides, right. And then take that. Ethical news reporting would, right. You could hope that they would do that. So you don't know, you know, you can talk with somebody for 45 minutes, explain all the nuance, and you don't know what little tidbit is going to get in there and whether it's in the appropriate context and how it's going to be positioned next to what the other folks are saying. So that's a real challenge. I mean, it was, um, I think most of it was largely fair. There were definitely some times I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I think, you know, on in one situation, you know, the one of the insurers started advertising on a place that did, uh, you know, some coverage on it. So it was funny because you'd listen to the p- the bit and it would be an ad for a dental insurance before and after the bit. And I said, I don't know, guys, like, it seems like this is kind of a conflict. Yeah. But it was, you know, um, it was it was an interesting um, education, but it's it's very difficult. Um, it's pretty stressful. But I think the the um, journalist did a, a good job of trying to take all that information and communicate it to the, the population. And that was ultimately what we saw. I think people got it. So any lessons, uh, lessons learned there that you have translated and used in patient communication just every day working with your patients? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I've never, I've never thought of that. To be honest, I mean, yeah, uh, communication is communication. But yeah, I, you are, you know, in those scenarios, you're kind of constantly interrogating what you're saying and making sure it it like makes sense. Um, and I do remember there was a few times where I I really stumbled on things and had to like ask for an edit, which you can't really not, but just to say scratch that, I'm going to say this a different way for, um, but. No, I think I think part of it was just this is what I always come back to. And this is how I felt during the entire campaign. If you're saying things that are true, it's not hard to say them. And I think sometimes in dental practices, we are, uh, you know, want to say what the patients want to hear. And, you know, I have it's something I kind of had learned before. So I took it to that. But it's really easy to say something if you know that it's true. And so when we, we quote you on that one, it's really yeah. easy to say something if it's true. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> what a concept. 
maybe maybe it's not easy every time like but you're not going to be wrong in saying it because right. it's if it's actually true so um that's that's something that i kind of take comfort in you know if you're trying to you know patients obviously want to try to understand something and they're not going to understand the practice of dentistry like you can't teach the patient's dentistry maybe engineers want to you to teach them the entire practice of dentistry before you do a treatment on them and you do as much as you can right there's only a few of those folks out there <laughs> but um you know i i think that's the big thing if you if you're talking saying something that's true you should feel comfortable saying it well, hats off on uh, just take, stepping up, taking the role, the responsibility, being the spokesperson and the accomplishments, uh, you know, not only made a difference there, but the wave, you started a wave that's sweeping the country. And I, you know, it, that, it, it's just a matter of time before legislation gets passed across the country. Similar. It's a, it's a trend setting uh, action you guys have taken. So congrats on that. Thank you. Um, so let's shift gears uh, real quick to the practice. So you guys have an amazing practice, uh, bursting at the seams, don't have enough room for all the patients that are trying to get in the door. Uh, so give us the backstory. Tell us about dental health concepts and what's brought you guys to where you are, your multi-doctor practice. Uh, you guys been at this for a while and you've done it right. So give us, give us a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. So dental health concepts is, uh, um, we're four docs. Um, I just kind of took the, we have three partners and one associate and I just took the baton from my father, made him the associate. So he's, uh, uh, slowing down, still, still going strong, but, um, that the baton pass has happened here. Um, and yeah, we've just grown over time. Um, it's had a long legacy. The practice was started, I think, in the 60s. Um, my father started here in 1981, I want to say. And um, it's just grown over time. Uh, my first job was as a janitor. I used to clean the the the, um, the buckets in the morning before I went to school for some, to earn some extra cash. Um and um, it was a smaller practice then. I don't think you could do that now because we've just kind of grown over time as we've needed to. And uh, we just had an expansion of uh, the past few years. Um, and we've gone out of insurance in recent years because of all those trends that we just talked about, yeah. um, which was an, in very much a, a heavy lift and undertaking. And, um, you know, we've had a great team that just doesn't work unless you can do that. And there's, it, there's a lot of challenges now in dentistry, you know, the uh, employment challenges and the, the reimbursement challenges and um, and all the different ways that you can practice dentistry now and all the different tools that we have. And it's just been a great place, especially with my father here to learn and to grow and to be able to feel like we're recruiting patients the right way. And I think that's why you grow. You've had a great mentor. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, not many people going into dentistry. I mean, you need a dent. You need mentors, right? And I, you couldn't have a better built-in one than I have had. I get to go next door if I have a question about a uh, a case or an issue, or and that's just indispensable. Like you don't walk out of dental school knowing. Well, you walk out of dental school basically knowing nothing, right? Right. I mean, so. 
a lot of a lot of learning has happened, but it's um it's been a great place. And Tops has been really helpful in us kind of coaching up our team and um being able to have the confidence when we talk with patients about all the things that uh, making sure that they can get the treatment that they want and deserve. You have a you have a superstar tops coach in Tanya Bailey. Yeah, she's been with us a while now. She's your biggest fan. Yeah. She's um, been great. What for you just going through that whole process practice side, um, maybe you just speak real quickly to the value of having a coach on that side of the practice. What has that done for you? I think there's two, there's there's a few things that you have to be consistently doing that are really hard to consistently do, which is kind of like interrogate how you're doing things on most every level and then figure out how you can improve the things that you're not nailing anymore because you just, things are constantly changing around us. And the other thing is just taking the time to uh, also like recognize where you're at, what you have accomplished, what you have done, and then refocusing on the things that you can then change. And if you're doing that, you know, periodically, and we've met with Tanya pretty consistently over the past three, four, five, six years, I'm yeah. not sure how long it's been, but um, to take those day, those days and times to reflect and to reestablish where we want to go. It's amazing. You look back even after, over the course of a couple of years and you're like, wow, we've made, we've made a lot of progress. A lot of things have changed, but from day to day, you're just like, it's just the the grind, right? It's just the grind. So if you don't take that time to, to like look more holistically at everything, you're just, you're not going to see that bigger picture. That's what's been really helpful. And, yeah. and you see it from a high level perspective and work on it versus working in it. And, um, and having somebody who can see it from a different perspective. You need that. Yeah. It's a big difference. 100%. Uh, real quickly, as we wrap up, talk to us a little bit about the whole process of getting out of some of the insurance relationships that you were in. Uh, you all did it the right way because <clears throat> you had some good coaching, <laughs> but you really did it the right way. There was no knee jerk reaction. There was no, you, you plant, mapped it out. You very strategically, you know, did all the homework and then, you know, you did it the right way and had a good outcome. I think you had a positive outcome. I don't feel like, I mean, maybe you could just address that in terms of what you feel like you did right going through that process and patient response, I think is probably the thing that most people get the most concerned about is how your patients responded and how you introduced it to them. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we we made a point to try to have individual conversations at hygiene appointments with every patient who's going to be affected by it. Well in advance. Yeah, we started over six months before we actually, um, you know, pulled the trigger and actually left. Mm -hmm. And then we kept having those conversations after the fact. I think we're just getting to the point now where we don't have to like really um, hone in on it, but it's it's constantly something that we have to pay attention to as well, because it's, there's a, a distinction between how it was before and how it was now, how it is now. But we really made a point to try to have all those conversations. And it's hard to have that kind of challenging conversation. Like we got used to it after you do it a while, you're like, you know, this is the reality. This is what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll like for it probably, sh and 
many levels like should have been most nerve wracking to me as the youngest dentist in the practice, you know, the one who probably would benefit from the insurance piece the the most mm-hmm. um, because, you know, our, my father and Dr. Webster have very established patient bases and Dr. Crowley, he's been here a few more years than I have, but is, um, you know, the same. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, but I knew what was happening in the insurance world and knew that this was an untenable long-term situation for how I wanted to practice dentist, dentistry and, and treat people. And so that's where my comfort level came to it with it. And it's like, we just, we have to get there because this is where things are going. And so we had those conversations. Um, you know, we, we knew we were going to lose some patients and we did. And, um, you know, when we tried to, help patients as much as we could. We've seen some patients who have gone out and then done the loop and come back and said, well, just didn't work out what I found out there. So that's always encouraging, but you know, like for some people it's, that's more important. Um, and it is what it is, but it has, you know, we've, we're pretty stable. We're pretty, we've done all right. So, um, we're feeling pretty good because to be on the backside of that was not fun definitely was not fun. Going through the process wasn't fun, but you're going through the process. On the backside because you're through it and came out successful and it's exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, you can practice more like in how, in the ways that we practice now, like the insurers that like don't reimburse for like an onlay and will downgrade to a filling. And so it's either a filling or a crown. Like that's like, dentistry from 35 years ago. Like our tools are so much better now. Yeah. Like why not have a policy where you can pay on an online that's going to preserve more of the healthy tooth, that's going to be better treatment for the patient. Like the insurers are just operating on a in in the past. And so it's like model. you know, I'm going to do the what is the best thing for the patient and not, you know, the secondary stuff will come later. And so I think it's hard to communicate to every patient all the time, but if I think if you commit to that, that it it cycles up and rewards you over time. That's the hope. Uh, last question. If you had a challenge for dentistry at large, you got a you got you have a podium here. This is gonna reach a lot of people. What would be your challenge on two fronts? What would you challenge dentists? to do on the profession side in terms of things that would benefit the whole profession. And question number two is what recommendation would you have for them on the practice side that would make their practice better? So first on the profession side, what would you challenge them to do? Uh, I would challenge everybody to educate themselves on dental policy, what's relevant in their state, um, and to contact their local reps and senators. Um, if you, you know, again, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, dentists are in every town, right? So those reps and senators have a dentist. Um, and you know, some people, you may have a relationship with these people to say, and when I've talked with, with dentists in other States about how did you get that passed? Because we, we hadn't, we'd been struggling in Massachusetts to get anything. And they were like, Oh, well, this state Senator is my neighbor. And I talked with, (laughs) they helped me like, you know, never underestimate 
the value of a personal connection and being able to explain it to somebody because there's there's this assumption that uh the legislators will like know an issue and they it's just not true like, there's no way they walk can be that educated with, on everything yeah absolutely not so um if you can educate uh, a rep or a sender on why something is important and something like this where it's like you're making sure the patients are getting value from their money that's supposed to go towards dental care like make sure it actually ends up as, as dental care uh, um you know that resonated with the electorate it's going to resonate with your reps and, and senators and in massachusetts the thing to say to them now is like hey we don't want to do this by ballot initiative again so like here are some other common sense things that maybe we can move through and uh, that makes sense for people so i think on the profession side i think largely it's educate yourself on on the advocacy points it's the the single thing that people point out is why they're a member of the ada but guess what it's not going to happen unless people actually go out there and, and do you stuff. are the ada exactly exactly <laughs> um it's an association okay on the practice side what would be if you had any piece of advice or recommendation what would you tell everybody that would make their practice better this one's uh, this one's harder i think um I think people just have to, I, I don't know. I have to think about that. I mean, I think, I think having those, have, we have, have more staff meetings. I think that's my recommendation. Great, like, great advice. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Work on practice. You cannot overestimate. I mean, it feels hard when you're like, all right, we're going to have everybody here and not be producing anything. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's it's super valuable to be able to you know make sure that people are on the same page that you're and on the the same heading and people are are rowing in in the same direction i think that makes a huge difference so true so true and people will start rowing in different directions if you don't have that next staff meeting too in about so. 24 hours yeah it doesn't, <laughs> it take, doesn't long. take long no that's true hey, well andrew congratulations on the honor 10 under 10 from the ada there's you're in a very exclusive group not, there's only 10 every year. That's not very many. And, but more importantly, I mean, the recognition is great, but more importantly, hats off for getting involved, making a difference, making something happen. It's uh, like I said, you started a wave with the whole team you worked with. It's going to sweep the country and make a huge difference. So thanks for the great example. At such a tender age. <laughs> scared for right now so i got you it's all good though so anyway and thanks for taking the time to share your experience today with everybody very happy, good. happy to do it hey, thanks for having me hey, thank you appreciate, appreciate it. it thanks for joining us for this mentor of the month podcast sponsored by crown council this is just one tool available to the crown council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success that's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.